Father, we do ask that as we look at your word, Lord, as we uh, get an understanding of what really is represented by what we're celebrating, I pray that you'd speak to our hearts. God, I pray that as a group of believers, we would become more excited about you. And for any who are here tonight or this afternoon who don't know you, that today would be that day of salvation. And Lord, open up our hearts, open up our ears. Let us hear what the Spirit has to say and be glorified in this time. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, if you were here last night, this is a continuation. This is uh, where we stopped last night. But again, as we look at this, the thing that I like about Luke is Luke was not a Jew, he was a Gentile. But even greater than that, Luke was a physician. So the person who wrote this, for those who are not familiar, the person who wrote this, he's a physician. And the things that he learned, he learned from talking to other people and gathering the information. And then he went over it like so carefully to make sure everything was accurate and everything was right. And Luke, in chapters one and two, gives some of the most detailed information of all of the writers, which is interesting because he wasn't part of it, but it tells us Luke must have spent some time with Mary because he tells us things only Mary would know. So to me, that's interesting and, and intriguing as we get into this. Now, when we think about exactly what God was doing, in Galatians, the Bible says, at just the right time, God sent his only son. It was perfect timing, it was God's timing, and as we looked at last time, or, or last night, you have this guy, Gabriel, who starts showing up, the angel. And it's interesting, because he showed up 500 years earlier to a guy named Daniel, and gave the prophecies about what's taking place, where he's showing up now, and he spoke to Zechariah, and now he's gonna speak to Mary. And so in verse 26, it says, now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel uh, was sent by God to the city of Galilee, to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. So something just to pick up here on the beginning. The sixth month is the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, John the Baptist's mom. So again, if you didn't come last night, you're a little bit lost, and that's why you come to church whenever you can. But then you wouldn't be lost. But, but listen, and then he says this. Do you find it interesting? Listen how he says this. He was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. Nazareth was not a well-known city. It wasn't a big city. It wasn't a popular place. As a matter of fact, later on, one of the disciples tells the other one that Jesus was, was born in Nazareth, and he goes, seriously, man, does anything good come out of Nazareth. So listen, it wasn't, wasn't a well-known, popular place, which to me is kind of interesting. That's where God chooses somebody to bring forth his son. And it just shows us, listen, it's not all about glitz and glamour and a light show. It's about God. So he sent, and then it says in verse 27, he was sent to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. So again, a physician. 
Did you notice twice? What did he bring up twice? She's a virgin. Liberals say they don't think she was a virgin. I think, why did he say it twice if she wasn't a virgin, right? And a virgin means somebody who's not had any intimate relationships with a man, right? Now, she was betrothed, which means she was promised, and in their culture, listen, once you were betrothed, that was it. You were, you were as good as married, although you hadn't been married yet, you hadn't consummated that, but here she is, and he brings up twice this lady. So Gabriel is sent to this lady. Now, let's think about her. Her name's Mary. She's anywhere from, people speculate, from 13 to 18, that's pretty young. And her world is about to be rocked. But something interesting about Mary is Mary wasn't famous. She wasn't even from a famous family. She wasn't from a well-to-do family. She wasn't from a great place. She was an ordinary person. Last night we looked at Zechariah's and his wife, and they were ordinary people. And now you have this ordinary girl, and Gabriel sent to her, and he shows up, and then he says to her, listen, verse 28 says, and having come in, the angel said to her, rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you, blessed are you among women. So man, he comes in, listen, and imagine, imagine her shock. She's just, I like to say it this way, she's just doing life like us. She's just hanging out. And all of a sudden, this angel invades her space and says, hi, highly favored one. It's like, excuse me, I'm Mary, right? I mean, think about how you would feel if that was happening to you. And then he says, listen, and then he, said, he says, not only are you highly favored, you're blessed among women. So now, the angel has invaded her life. Now he's about to make an announcement. And I believe this is the greatest announcement uh, of all time. But it's not public. He doesn't even, listen, Gabriel doesn't even have a Facebook page. <laughs> he didn't even have a Facebook account. He's just showing up, talking to this lady. And imagine, again, being in that position and you're a teenager and your world has been invaded. And I know some people say, teenagers were different back then. I have traveled around the world and I found out something. Teenagers are teenagers, generally speaking, right? They're teenagers. Listen, so here she is, she's hanging out, and, and so he says, he says, listen, he says, you're blessed among women, and then verse 29, but when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. In other words, she was freaked out, right? She's going, what is going on here? We read things in our Bible and we're accustomed to it, and we kind of read them like, this happened all, it didn't happen all the time. Angels didn't show up all the time. As a matter of fact, Gabriel showed up 400 years ago, then six months ago he showed up to Zechariah, and now he's showing up to her, and then we don't hear of Gabriel again till the end of time. So listen, they're not like always showing up, and she's like, what on earth is going on? And why would you talk to me that way? Why would you tell me that I'm highly favored and I'm blessed among women? I don't feel that way. I'm Mary. 
I don't think I'm anybody special. And I have no idea what you're talking about. So the angel, listen, she's a little bit bewildered and, you know, again, I think, I think a little shook up. I think when angels showed up in people's lives, it was a little bit like, right? It wasn't like, oh, an angel. It was like, whoa. Every time you read it, the angel has to tell them, it's okay, chill out a little bit. And then he says this, listen. Then the angel said to her, said to her do not be afraid, in verse 30, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God, and behold, you will conceive in your womb, and you will bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus, and he will be great, and will be called the son of the highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Can you imagine that announcement to you? I mean, think about, think about all that she has to process that he just told her. He just told her, listen, he's told her a ton of stuff, right? First of all, he said, you're gonna conceive a child in your womb, and here's what he's telling her. You're gonna have a miraculous birth. There's not gonna be a man involved. You're gonna have, you're gonna have this conception that's gonna happen inside of you. And then, and then that's, that's, that's like humongous, right? That's a big thing to digest. But then she's got everything else. You need to call his name Jesus. He's going to be called the Son of God. He's going to reign on his father's throne, on his father David's throne. Of his kingdom, there'll be no end. He shall reign forever and ever. Think about, think about all of that. Again, we're kind of accustomed to it. This is brand new information to her. She has not gotten this before. She's not read the book of Luke before. This hasn't happened to her before. There wasn't a dress rehearsal. She's just trying to gather all of that. And think about processing that in your own life. Like we get information in our lives and we get things that rock our world. It's hard to process, right? It's hard to deal with. Man, I can't imagine. Now, something else that we don't understand that she would have completely gotten you are going to give birth to the Messiah. Everything he said was prophecies that were spoken, were things she would understand, and every young girl's dream in Israel would be, I want to be the one to bring the Messiah. So she just got told that you're the one. You're the one out of thousands, millions. You're it, and you're going to bring the Messiah. So that now, what she didn't, understand and what the world didn't get and especially the Jews was this one who's the Messiah for Israel is also the savior of the world and of his kingdom there'll be no end listen their concept of the Messiah was he was just going to come and save Israel all of a sudden it got a little bit bigger didn't it for her all of a sudden it's greater than just the Messiah and she's trying to realize all of this stuff and and again I would just encourage you later on tonight just read this over once again and meditate on it for a while think on it for a while and she's trying to process all of that and and listen he speaks that to her and then Mary said to the angel, seriously? I mean, that's kind of what she's saying, right? Mary said to the angel, listen, how can this be since I don't know a man? She's going, she's, she's stuck on the very first part. Listen, it's like, it's like he said, 
you will conceive a child in your womb, and then it went blah, 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 blah. And she's going, I'm still stuck on number one, man. I forget about number two, three, four, and five. That's humongous, but I'm still stuck on number one. I don't know a man. Now, again, for the liberal scholars, Mary thought she was a virgin. Just, just FYI. Mary was pretty convinced, so I'm thinking she was a virgin. I'm gonna trust the people involved rather than people who think they know more than people who are involved. And Mary says, how's this, how's this gonna be? Now, last night we looked at Zechariah. Zechariah doubted God. Mary's not doubting God. She's just not understanding how all of that's gonna happen. Once again, the virgin birth wasn't something that happened all the time, wasn't something that we're familiar with, wasn't something that we're really counting on. Although in Isaiah it says the virgin shall be with child. So they, listen, you read that stuff and we read our Bibles and then when God does something that's scriptural in our lives, we're going, how did that happen? And so she's going, I don't get it. I don't understand, I don't understand how that happens. Could you explain it to me? I kind of like that, right? She's like having this, like, and Gabriel's going, man, Daniel was so much easier than you two. <laughs> like I spoke to Daniel and he got it. Zechariah, he's doubting things, he doesn't get it. Mary's like asking questions and I got this. So listen, he looks at her and Daniel says, listen, Daniel, or Daniel, I'm sorry, Gabriel, Daniel's not there. Verse 35, the, and the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit shall come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, will shadow you. Therefore, also the one who is born will be called the Son of God. There you have it. Now, I'm not sure she completely understood, but the point. Scripture's making, and the point that Luke, the physician, is making is that there is not a male involved in this pregnancy. And secondly, he's clearing up any misconceptions that people might have about God, the gods coming down, the Greek mythology, and having intercourse with ladies. He's clearing all of that. That's not how it happens. The Holy Spirit is gonna overpower you. The Holy Spirit is gonna come and he's gonna overshadow you and when that's done, you're gonna be pregnant. Again, not some mythological or mystical thing. It's a God thing. Now listen, it is a mystery, but it's a God thing. He says, this is how it's gonna happen. Now I don't know about you guys, but I think, listen, I think if I'm given that information, I'm still not going, okay. In my mind, listen, in my mind, if I'm Mary, I still got major questions. I got major questions like, how do I tell my mom and dad? How do I tell Joey, the guy she's betrothed to? And how am I gonna survive in a culture that says, if you commit adultery, you should be stoned. And how do I convince everybody that I didn't commit adultery and I was faithful to Joey, but now I'm pregnant? I mean, there's a lot of stuff to consider here. Uh, Just on top of just the information, right? Just given the information, there's a lot going on that I think sometimes we forget about. 
And this is our God. Listen, our God is invading our world. He invades Mary's world, and he gives her this information. He's invading our world. Why does God do this? Because man needs a savior. Man needs to be saved. And the only way for man to be saved is for someone to live a sinless life, which is impossible. Again, a room full of people, and whether you're a believer or an unbeliever, you know that you can't live a sinless life. Even unbelievers know that. We, you know, as an unbeliever, I was, I was pretty, you know, enlightened about, hey, I've just sinned, I've just done things. So listen, I, I don't think that's something that we have to explain. So how, how can God forgive us? He can't wink at sin. He's a just, righteous, holy God. How can he do that? By becoming man and living a perfect life. That's why we have to have the virgin birth, to get man out of the way And now you have this one who's conceived in the womb of Mary and is gonna be born and then he's gonna grow, he's gonna live a sinless life and one day he's gonna die on the cross, not just as a martyr. He's not going to the cross as a martyr. He's going to the cross for my sin and your sin. And so Gabriel kinda, I think, explains all that to her, lets her know that and then listen, he says you need to call him the son of God. Then he, says, he can still see like on her face is like, I don't still understand how this is going to happen, right? He kind of, kind of explained it. So here's what he says. I like this. He says in verse 36, he says, now indeed Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who, is, who was called barren. So he's letting her know, listen, God can do anything, right? Is there anything too hard for God? No. Even some of our own stubborn and self-willed attitudes are not too hard for God. Some of you were drugged here tonight, and it's not been too painful, right? You're kind of doing okay. You're kind of going to make it. And we got the air circulating, so you got some fresh air. And listen, you're going to be fine. We'll be done here in just a minute, and, you know, you'll survive. But there's nothing too hard for God, not even those hearts that want nothing to do with him, nothing. And so he says, listen, Elizabeth is pregnant. Now, that was her cousin. She was related to Elizabeth. She knew Elizabeth had been barren. By the way, for those of you who don't know, Elizabeth is elderly, and she was barren for years, and this is Zecharias and Elizabeth that we looked at that's in the beginning of this chapter last night, and she's promised, and Elizabeth is going to have this person that most of the world has heard about John the Baptist, the forerunner for Jesus. So here's what he's saying. Your cousin, your cousin Elizabeth, she's pregnant, remember? And so it kind of makes her think of something. And then he says one of the greatest sayings of all, verse 37, for with God, nothing is impossible. Yes. Now I see kind of a little smile on, on Mary's face and it's like, all right, huh, I'm still not sure how all this is gonna work out, and I'm still not sure how Joey's gonna take it, and mom and dad, they're gonna be really, really angry 
Once again, try and think about, you go to your parents, I'm with child. Who's the father? God. <laughs> it's a hard one, right? That's a difficult explanation. So she's got to deal, she's still processing that. But here's, here's what we, we named this whole uh, uh, celebration tonight. In verse 38, then Mary said, behold, the maidservant or the servant of the Lord, let it be. Yes. Do you know how powerful that is? I'll finish that sentence in a minute. But just for her to say, here I am. I'm your servant, God. Let it be. Wow. Listen, it's not as simple as just reading this. She has just committed herself to a whole bunch of scorn and ridicule. And then for those of us who know the whole story, the heartache of watching her son brutally crucified for our sin. Think about, think about just those three words. Let it be. Would to God that all believers had that same attitude and heart toward the things that God has for them. Lord, let it be. Let's go, right? Behold your maidservant, let it be. And she says, listen, let it be to me according to your word. And then, and then I get this picture. Then he's like, and he's gone. Process that one. Now you're left all alone. You're left alone with your thoughts. You're left alone with everything you were just told. You've got to process that. You've got to work through that. And now you can read the rest of chapter one on your own. And then you can do chapter two. I was going to read chapter two, but you guys, you know what? Go home, read it as a family. Even if you're not a believer, borrow somebody's Bible. Take one of ours if you need it and go read chapter two on your own. Because here's what you find out. It wasn't an easy journey to get from this point to the birth of Jesus. It was difficult, it was hard. Every hardship that could come up, came up when you think about it. Every difficult thing. And her and Joseph made it through every single part. And Sunday, if you wanna come back, we're gonna kinda wrap up after Luke chapter two, we're gonna look at a little bit more of their early life and what's going on. But tonight, here's what I want us to think about. You're here and you came for various reasons. Some of you came as believers and you just wanna celebrate the Lord's birth and that's great. Some invited friends and you invited people to come and you'd some, some were actually drugged here and that's okay. I think that's fine. I got drugged to church. Something else popped in my head I'm not gonna say. <laughs> but listen, man, that kind of stuff happens. And it's okay, you're here, you survived. You made it all the way through. And it was not too painful, was it? It's okay. Some, all the believers are going, it was fine. The unbelievers are like, who is this guy? So listen, we made it to the end. Oh, but we have one more part. I wanna give you an invitation. I want to give you an invitation to put your faith in this one that we're talking about, Jesus Christ, who came, and just as he said, he came, she brought forth a son, she called him Jesus, he was great, and he was called the son of God, 
and the Lord gave him the throne of his father David to reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Jesus means our Savior. Put your faith in him tonight. He came not just to, not just to fulfill this, although this is fulfilled prophecy, but he came to live that life, as I said, perfectly and be crucified. He's going to be nailed to a cross. We celebrate that in a few months. And he's going to die for your sin and my sin, not just a physical death. He's going to take the wrath that you deserve. If you have sinned against God, the Bible says what you have earned is the wrath of God. Now I know some people are saying, this was supposed to be a feel-good message. It's gonna feel good in a minute. But you deserve the wrath of God. That's what you deserve for your sin. That's the bad news. The good news is Jesus went to a cross and he didn't just die physically, he suffered and took the wrath that you deserve, that I deserve, and he took it upon himself and now here he holds out for us a receipt that says paid in full. All you gotta do is take that from his hand. You can have the greatest Christmas present you've ever been given if you will just receive the gift of eternal life today. Let's stand up and pray. Father, I thank you. I thank you for, God, for your grace in our lives. I thank you for just this challenge that you've given us. And how awesome it is to once again read this story, think about what's said to get our hearts in a place where we're not just exchanging gifts and having a big family get together and eating a big meal and, and, and just gathering family, but now we can stop and just meditate for a while on this thing we call salvation, this amazing gift of salvation. As your people, Lord, I pray that we would celebrate with all of our hearts and that we would glorify you. And God, that we would enjoy this thing we call salvation. And now I'm gonna ask you to stay in an attitude of prayer for a couple more minutes. And if you are here tonight and you're not a believer, please just listen, listen right now and make a decision. It's up to you. You can make that decision. Jesus is holding out for you this gift that says you can have eternal life. You can either receive that or not. It's like any gift that anybody gives you. You can either take it or not. My prayer is that right now, you would receive that gift. You would take that gift and you would be grateful. If you receive that gift again, this will be your greatest Christmas ever and you will have what's called eternal life. So if you wanna do that, I'm gonna lead you in a prayer, and it's just a simple prayer. You're gonna be honest with God. I'm just gonna say it that way. And yeah, I'm gonna kinda put words in your mouth, but it's okay. You can say this prayer with me, you can say it out loud, you can say it silently. Here's the kicker though, you gotta mean it. It's gotta be sincere. You have to be at the place tonight where you know that you need that salvation. You know you need God's forgiveness. And say this prayer with me, and you will receive the forgiveness of God. You can say it again out loud or silently. If you're watching online, you can say it at home. If you're backslidden, man, come home.
It's a great time to come back to Jesus. Come home, his arms are open wide. Jesus, today I confess to you that I am a sinner. I'm sorry that I sinned against you, God. And right now, I'm asking you to forgive me. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you today for your forgiveness. And right now, as sincerely as I know how, I'm asking you to come into my heart and change me. Jesus, come into my life and guide me. Today, I'm asking you to be my Lord and my Savior.